I know it's only Summer League, but Keegan Murray is even better than I had hoped. He's winning Kings fans over every time he touches a basketball, and he might lead the league next season in sneaky 20-point performances. Kings beat the Indiana Pacers largely because of Keegan Murray's fourth quarter. Namias Keita also had a great game. Let's talk about it right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports producer and reporter from ABC 10 News in Sacramento, but I'm here in Las Vegas, day two of Kings Summer League, their Summer League title defense. And this time they take on the Indiana Pacers in the Cox Pavilion, which is the smaller gym connected directly to the Thomas and Mack Center where the Kings and the Orlando Magic put on what I believe to be the greatest summer league game of all time. That was yesterday, and I don't know if I expected, actually I know, I did not expect the Sacramento Kings and Indiana Pacers to follow that game up or to put out a better performance, give us a better show than what we saw on Saturday, and maybe my opinion or view of summer league basketball in person was tainted by the fact that that game on Saturday was so good. There might not be a summer league game that could ever leave, uh, live up to it, but the Kings and the Pacers, while it wasn't nearly as good as Saturday's game, it still was a very entertaining game, a very fast paced game. It was fun to see Benedict Matherin, uh, who was the sixth pick in the draft. Of course, Keegan Murray had a rough first half, a great second half. Uh, we'll talk about that. Namias Keita had a fantastic first half, ended up actually leaving this game with a little bit of an injury. I've been told that he's okay that it was more of a precaution uh, move to pull him out. I also want to talk about how I believe Namias Keita could actually really be an impactful player for the Sacramento Kings. Keon Ellis had some good moments as well. I'm a fan of Matt Coleman. I'll touch on him uh, a little bit. I know I've talked about him a little bit already too. Uh, and Frankie Ferrari, the starting point guard. I, I've been a, not disrespectful, but I've been critical of his play so far, especially as a scorer and a shooter. He had a fantastic shooting performance, so i got to make sure to give him some love. There's so much to talk about from this summer league game. It's great that the Kings get the victory, a high scoring game uh, for the Kings to score. I think it was 103 points. They ended up scoring to, to reach the century mark without overtime in a summer league game just goes to show just how fast paced, how offensive driven this game was. Both sides, both teams were hitting the majority of their shots and the just the tempo, getting up and down the floor, the Pacers living up to their name with the fast play, pace that they played with. And from what I saw, in Kings pre-Summer League training camp. The Kings wanted to play with a faster tempo than they'd shown against the Orlando Magic. That really came out today against the Indiana Pacers. But Keegan Murray, this the first half of this game, he did not look good. And I, honestly, the, really the first three quarters of this game, I'm not going to say he looked bad necessarily, but he definitely wasn't comfortable. And he it took him a little bit to ease into the game against the Orlando Magic, uh, and he finished with a 20-point performance in that one. He finishes with 23 today, had 10 points at halftime, but it was, it was like a 10-point performance where he missed a lot of shots, he wasn't getting a lot of touches, and again, this is something that we talked about a lot, over the course of Summer League and the California Classic, 
especially early on, Keegan is not necessarily the focal point of the Kings offense or isn't necessarily as aggressive as I want to see. However, I will say, in the second quarter and the third quarter in particular against the Pacers, I thought Keegan Murray was actually very aggressive. I thought he was looking for his shot. He was trying to put the ball on the floor, play off the dribble, which is definitely an area of his game that he needs to work on. But uh, even catch-and-shoot three-pointers, the shot just was not falling for him. But what I appreciate is the fact that he continues to shoot it and shoot it with confidence. He has such a quick release that I think is going to be a, a, an incredibly valuable weapon for him. I'm actually going to play for you uh, Fran McCaffrey, Iowa head coach, uh, and Keegan Murray's head coach at Iowa. I've had him on Locked on Kings a couple of times. He was at the game today, and I spoke with him a little bit after the game, did a brief interview with him for ABC 10. I'll play for you uh, that interview here in, in just a second so you, had, you get to hear what he had to say. But I, I talked about the quick release that Keegan Murray has uh, with Coach McCaffrey and, and what that does for his game. Even with the quick release that we expect, it still felt like he was rushing his shot a little bit, especially in the, the first three quarters. Just looked like it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it could have been his feet not necessarily getting set as he wants, uh, him just not taking his time, not showing kind of that composure from beyond the arc that you can still have even with a quick release. It just looked like Keegan Murray was forcing things a little bit, that he wasn't too comfortable. He has a game where he's not the most impactful player on the floor for his team, and yet still ends up the leading scorer for the team, and the guy that was responsible for the Kings winning this game. Sacramento led, even with his struggles, Sacramento led for basically the entirety of the first half, well into the third quarter. The Indiana Pacers make their run. Suddenly, they build uh, their own lead. I think it got to around six or eight points, and it looked like, okay, the Kings, who played the day before, they're running out of gas a little bit in the fourth quarter. The Pacers have momentum. They look fresher. Uh, they're getting up and down the floor. Sacramento's kind of slowing down. Namias Keita was no longer in the game at this point with a left calf soreness, uh, and it looked like, you know, the the Kings were going to fall to 0-2. They were just going to run out of gas a little bit. And Keegan Murray comes in and all of a sudden hits a straightaway three, then gets a layup, then hits a step-back three with that just step-back quick release that, that if that is part of his game, if he can have that step-back quick release three-point game at the NBA level, he is going to be ridiculously difficult to guard, almost Ray Allen level of quickness with that release. And then he actually had another step back where he went behind the back that he just missed. I think he hesitated a little bit before taking the shot. Had he not hesitated, maybe it would have gone in, but that would have been an ESPN highlight for sure. Misses that shot, but he gets the what I would call the dagger in the game, a nice find from uh, from Frankie Ferrari. Finds him cutting baseline. He's fouled. Doesn't necessarily dunk it, but, but finishes at the rim. Gets the and one and puts the nail in the coffin, leading to the Kings win. Keegan Murray explodes in the fourth quarter and suddenly finishes with 23 points. I mean, it's one of those games where you look at the box score and you look at the highlights from the fourth quarter, it's like, yeah, he's the best player on the floor. Of course he finished with 23 points. But if you watch the entirety of the game, especially in person, it's like, how in the world did Keegan Murray score 23? Like, it doesn't surprise me that he stepped up in those moments. In fact, it was great to see him be so aggressive in that fourth quarter. The way he played and closed out this game against the Pacers, to me, was was significantly different from the way he closed out the game against the Orlando Magic. He was still scoring in the flow of the offense against Orlando, even though, uh, and then that, like that, that big three that he hit, kind of a scramble moment, but he showed composure and, and, and showed his ability to score within the flow of the offense. In this game in the fourth quarter against the Pacers, it looked to me more like Keegan Murray was taking over. He was putting the team on his back. He said, 
I'm feeling it right now. I need to be better. I need to step up because, one, we're gassed. And, two, Nemias Keita, who was the best player of the game besides Keegan Murray, he's not. Uh, he's out. He's not playing too well. I need to step up in this moment. He showed the aggressiveness that we want to see more out of him. He showed he's capable of putting the team on his back as the best player, scored off the dribble and in the catch-and-shoot like we've seen. He just stepped up. He stepped up. Keegan Murray, again, I know it's summer league, but the composure that he's shown, the well-roundedness of his game that he's shown, yes, of course, he has things to work on, has to work on shooting the ball off the dribble, has to work on creating for his teammates. He could get better as a rebounder, even though I, I think he's a strong rebounder. And defensively, I think he's really good. I like the fact that he spent a lot of time guarding Benedict Matherin. He spent a lot of time guarding Paolo Bancaro. Going back to the California Classic, Typically, Keegan Murray is the guy that the Kings are sticking on the opposing team's best player. And Keegan is is holding his own. Of course, he could improve defensively as well. There's still a lot of areas of Keegan's game that he can improve. And he'll, he'll, he'll admit that himself. But he's shown such an overall well-rounded skill set. An ability now to score and put the team on his back when he needs to. His ability to score with the flow of the offense that I think is going to fit extremely well with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. Like, to me, Keegan Murray is everything you could have asked for right now. He's doing everything you could ask for in Summer League. A lot of people talked about Paolo Bancaro after that Orlando Magic uh, Sacramento Kings game because the Magic won. Bancaro and the Magic were 2-0 and at that point, and he's the number one overall pick. As good as Paolo Bancaro was and as much as I think he outdueled Keegan Murray in the first half, second half, to me, was all Keegan. I think Keegan Murray... I don't know at this point if you include the California Classic, which is kind of unfair because Keegan's played more games than others uh, who didn't play in the California Classic or in the Utah Jazz Summer League, whatever they call that. To me, I don't know if there's been a better player in Summer League than Keegan Murray. I don't know if there's been a more impressive all-around player in Summer League than Keegan Murray. There's been others that have had highlight plays and big moments. Keegan has just been so damn good and so solid and consistent throughout this entire summer league process so far it makes it really easy to imagine just how good he is going to be as a consistent NBA player on the main roster I honestly think his day one impact is going to be extreme and as much as I understand how good Paolo Bancaro is, the numbers that Chet Holmgren is going to put up, the potential of Jabari Smith Jr., even, uh, I mean, Jaden Ivey with the Detroit Pistons, the points and numbers that he can put up, I think Keegan Murray is going to finish in the top two in the Rookie of the Year voting, and I think there's a very good chance that he could win it because I think he is not only going to be an impactful player that's going to put up good numbers, I think he's going to do it on a team that finally starts winning some basketball games, in large part because of him and how well he fits with Fox, Sabonis, Barnes, and how the Sacramento Kings want to play offensively. And defensively, he's not a liability. Again, I know it's Summer League. I'm trying not to overreact too much. But from now, at this point now, what we're seeing from Keegan is consistent. It's not one or two games. It's not a small sample size. It's consistent through five games. With the exception of his nine-point game that he had, which he still did things in that game that were very effective outside of scoring the basketball, we've seen that this is consistently who Keegan Murray is and can be. Granted, it's not against the best of competition, but he's also done things that are good regardless of his competition, That where the competition doesn't really play a factor into. I think Keegan is going to be a day one impact player, should be a day one starter for the Sacramento Kings, and he's proving it every single time he touches a basketball this summer. 
I want to hear your thoughts on Keegan Murray to this point. Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. I want to talk about Namias Keita. Also, very briefly about Matt Coleman and Frankie uh, Ferrari, the games that they had. After, I tell you about a great sponsor of the Locked on Kings podcast. That's Bet Online. I'm here in Las Vegas. There are plenty of sports books around. None of them are as good as Bet Online. Not just the interface that Bet Online has and the easiness at which you can use Bet Online, the promotions that they have are way better. Plus, just their bets that they have, their future bets, their prop bets, their game lines, they're all better. Way better. BetOnline.net is the number one place for all your sports gambling. Uh, and it's not just for basketball, of course. They have MLB baseball stuff going on right now. Great future bets for the NFL and the NBA going on. And if you're a combat sports fan, they have MMA, boxing. If you're a golf fan, they have golf there for you. There's so much for you to gamble on. Even eSports, if you're into that kind of thing, you can gamble on that at Bet. Online. Make sure you go and check out the website today or use your mobile app to play. It's the best way to make yourself some money. Use that King's knowledge or that sports knowledge to cash in at Bet Online, where the game starts. I almost forgot, before I talk about Namias Keita and the rest of the Kings' summer league roster, Fran McCaffrey, Iowa head coach, chatted with him for a brief interview after the game, and I started by asking him his thoughts on what he saw from Keegan Murray. You know, he's, he's got an amazing ability to let the game come to him, which is an old-fashioned saying, but he didn't shoot the ball for the first eight, nine minutes of the game. He ends up with 23. He missed a couple, you know, coming down the stretch and then just took over and won the game for him. He, he's ultimately a winning player with an incredible, incredible ability to get to the next play. If he misses a shot, if he commits a foul, nothing lingers on him. He just comes back and makes another great play. Unbelievable demeanor, incredible winner. Like I mentioned earlier, the quick release is something that really caught my attention over the last couple of games. I asked Coach McCaffrey about how that release can be used at the NBA level and how that can bolster Keegan Murray's effectiveness. Well, it's huge because with his length and a quick release, you really can't get into his space. And when you do... He goes by you and can finish with his length or he can shot fake at the end of his move, get to the free throw line and beat you that way. But I think the other thing that he did today, which was really impressive to me, was making plays off the dribble for his teammates. And when you think about the guys he's going to be playing with this year with the Kings, that will really be impactful. Coach McCaffrey was not in the building for the Kings and Magic Thriller on Saturday. However, he did see Keegan Murray's big shot, and I asked him about all the composure and the buildup to that moment. Well, we both know that it's nothing you can coach. You have that innately, and that's what he has. You know, he's just going to keep calculating what his options are, every possession, right down to the last second. It's a big play. They get the steal, he reads the defense flying at him, he knows they're going to fly at him, and then he step up, steps up and drills it. And he's done that before, he'll do it again, and then maybe the next time he'll shot if I can drive and dunk it. You know, of course they needed three, so he had to shoot the three, which makes it a little different, but he'll make the right read, he'll know time and score, he'll know the specifics of what the Coach Brown needs at any point in time, and he will blend so well with the other incredible talent that the Kings have around him. And finally, I asked Coach McCaffrey about winning Kings fans over and what they should expect from him as he continues to rise to the NBA level. Well, I think the thing that separated him 
last college season, even this summer, is his consistency. And I think we all know that that's really hard when you're playing 82 games plus preseason plus playoffs. But you look at, like today, the game's going on, you don't think he's going to have a, and all of a sudden he gets 23 and wins the game for you. He is going to consistently perform at an incredibly high level in ways that impact winning. And I think that's what the King fans have recognized so far, and that's what they'll continue to enjoy. For someone who's as big as the Myas Keda is, he has a very distinct finesse to his game that he does not get enough credit for. And I've been critical at times of, of Keda's lack of physicality. At times, for someone as big as he is normally, he's the biggest guy on the floor. He doesn't finish around the rim and isn't as strong around the rim as I would like him to be. But Nemias Keda shows a fluidity, a speed, a touch around the rim that bigs his size just don't normally have. I think he moves very, very well in the pick and roll. He moves well in transition, as well as a, a seven-footer can. And you can tell that he's used to playing when he is less of a built big and more of a thin big like he was in college at Utah State. Like, if you go back and look at kind of the pictures and the highlights and the moments from uh, Kata's college career and even before that, he was tall, but he was thinner. He's put on a lot of weight. He's put on a lot of muscle. He needs to learn how to use that physicality at the NBA level, especially to block shots and crash the boards. And he had an awesome moment uh, in this game in the second half where he had back-to-back -back blocks. Uh, Kings Press and, and media were having fun calling it a block party, and, uh, and it rightfully so. Like, that is the length that he has, and that's something that he could provide the Kings' main roster on a nightly basis, regardless of how good he is on the offensive end of the floor. He should be able to. But... Together, he's just a full-packaged, fluid player. There are certainly areas of his game that I would like to see improve, and I'm, I'm trying to be realistic here, right? We're talking about a guy on a two-way contract. We're talking about a guy that, at best, is going to be the third center on your roster, but I legitimately think that Nemias Keita has a better chance of getting that spot at this point in time than Alex Len, and you know how big of a fan of Alex Len I am. I think he's a little bit underrated and was underutilized last season, but I think Keita absolutely could take that spot. And... I think back to a couple years ago. I think back to what Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones were able to do, right? Both two-way contract players. Then they get full contracts with the Sacramento Kings. Damian Jones just got paid by the Los Angeles Lakers, signed a deal with them. Chemezi Metu is, is still here. The Kings picked up his option uh, on, on his uh, the final year of his deal. There's no reason to me why Namias Keita can't play well enough this season in his stretches with the Kings that he can't get a main contract. I think he can get a full-team contract. Again, it would still be as the third-string big, but if the Kings need rim protection, Kata can provide that. If the Kings need rebounding, Kata can provide that. His rebound numbers haven't been always as high as I want them to be for someone that that is as big as he is, but that's, of course, something that he can work on. And then I know that Kata can at least be effective in the way we believe the Sacramento Kings are trying to play. He's not going to be the fastest guy on the floor, and I don't expect him to score as many points uh, in at the NBA level as he's scoring in summer league. Had 23 yesterday, I think finished with 17 today before going out with that laugh, uh, that calf injury. But he can still score and be effective at the NBA level. I was told that the soreness to his left calf 
I could see him limping. I noticed him limping on the sidelines, but like, have you ever had like a, a, a dead leg or a, a achy leg? Like if you're growing or just going through a long day of walking, it was that kind of limp. It wasn't like an exaggerated, he really messed up his leg or his calf or something was really wrong. It just looked like a, a tenderness, a soreness. And the Kings decided to err on the side of caution, not put him back in the game. I know he wanted to come back into the game and with the way he was playing in the first half, showing off the range with that three point shot, showing off his mid range jumper, his touch around the rim in the second half had a really, really nice, reverse layup uh, showing again some of that touch that I've been talking about I really like Nemias K a lot I'm working I'm rooting for him in a big way and I think he can be an impactful player at the main roster don't think I can say the same about Matt Coleman and Frankie Ferrari Uh, I think Matt Coleman could have a chance of being that third point guard if the Kings need him to but I expect him to remain with the G League Stockton Kings uh, and Frankie Ferrari finally had a good shooting performance. Up until this point, he was missing front rim on everything, uh, but in this game, he was knocking down threes, including deep threes. It was good to see that going because that opened up a lot of opportunity. He's a really good passer, and he's good at pushing the ball in transition. I think he's done a relatively good job running this Kings Summer League team and, and getting the ball where it needs to be, uh, but to see him get his three-point shot going and how much that opened the offense for everybody else, how that opened up space for everybody else, that was good to see as well. It just speaks to the importance of a point guard who is a distributor who can also hit that outside shot. Obviously, that's something that De'Aaron Fox would like to get significantly more consistent at, and we know that that's something that he and DeMontis Abonis are working on this offseason. What do you think of this summer league overall so far for the Sacramento Kings? Let me know. At Matt George Sack on Twitter, email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. What do you like about Nemias Keda? What are you still looking for? Is there something you're still searching for or have the questions that you've had to this point been, for the most part, answered? I mean, it's fair to say, of course, we're looking for the Kings to repeat, become back-to-back summer league uh, champions and be the first three-time NBA summer league champion in history. They're the only two-time NBA summer league champion in history. I think this team can do it. This team is very good. Uh, I I barely even talked about Keon Ellis, had some really good moments. Keon Ellis, if he only shoots from three-point range right in front of the opposing bench, he might be the best shooter in the league. Like Keon Ellis, that's his favorite spot on the floor. And no matter if the bench talks to him or not, he turns around and he does a celebration in front of him, letting him hear it. So I'm I'm a fan of Keon Ellis too. Again, two-way player, have to be realistic. I think Keon Ellis could, could provide some good minutes for the Sacramento Kings at this point in time. I think he is... I think he probably might get more opportunity with the main roster than Nemias Cato will, but I also do think that Nemias Cato could end up being more impactful, if that makes sense. But any thoughts on any players that you want to talk about? Any other takeaways? Have you watched other Summer League games? I know James Wiseman finally played uh, for the Golden State Warriors. You saw that game. Talk about just... Whatever you want to talk about in regards to Summer League, I'm here, I'm loving it, uh, and I I can't wait to continue the conversation with you. Also, I've met so many great fans uh, here from Sacramento who have come uh, from around the United States who are Kings fans who have come to experience not just Vegas, but Kings Summer League basketball. The amount of you who have come and, and, and talked to me and reached out to me, it's really humbling. I really appreciate you so, so much, and I do not take that for granted. Really appreciate you tuning into the Locked on Kings podcast today. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.